0: Hi, and welcome to episode two of Success Busting, the podcast that goes behind the Insta feed and polished press release to dig out the real story behind our overnight successes. <laughs> Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode two of Success Busting. I hope you really enjoyed last week's show where I spoke to... I seem to have all the Lucys on at the moment. So I spoke to Lucy Arnold last week from Lucy Lockett with an incredible story. This week I'm speaking to Lucy Werner from The Wern. Lucy's a PR specialist and runs a PR and design service with her partner Adrienne uh Lucy is a friend of mine she's an absolute legend there is a trigger warning with this episode though we do veer into the territory of like motherhood pregnancy and poorly children. So if that is something that you find distressing, I'd probably give this one a miss. It gets a little bit emotional. I didn't intend on it going there, but it just kind of happened. I think that's the whole point of this podcast, that we really look behind the story of the polished, you know, the Insta feed and the things that we want people to know, and we really find out what's going on behind the scenes. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Over to Lucy.
1: Hi, Lucy. Hey pal, how are you today? I'm, I'm Grant. I've got three shiny dinosaur stickers on me, so I think we're <laughs> off to a winning start today. Three three dinosaurs. That's a yeah. good day. Shiny, as in like
0: those, um, like the hologram. Yeah. shiny. Yeah. They're the best ones, aren't yeah, they? Pleasing.
1: Pleasing on the they're eye. They're the ones
0: like you can never te- rip them or like they're like plastic, aren't they? <laughs>
1: yeah, they'll be around for forever.
0: <laughs> you can tell I haven't got kids. I'm like, I love those stickers. <laughs> I'm like, kind yeah, of into yeah, the stickers.
1: One... If I'm going to get stickered, I want to be branded in a good way, you know? Yeah. And you want them
0: to be shiny as well. You don't want those crap like the matte, just like football stickers. No, 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 no. Dinosaurs, that's where I was at. Okay. I'm gonna start this where I start all of these podcasts. I always say that, this is the second one, but I'm gonna start it where I start them. Lucy Werner, are you successful?
1: Well, my dear, I think it depends who's asking and what barometer we're looking at. And your
0: barometer.
1: My barometer of my of of judging myself. Yeah, well well, that's a whole other other thing, isn't it? I think there's so many things about what success looks like. For me, I think I was very indoctrined into a white, privilege Western perspective of what success mm. was for a really long time when I was working in agency land, which is, you know, you go up, you get your education, you get a degree, you get married, yeah. you have kids, you yeah. have a job, maybe you become a stay-at-home mom yeah uh, you have house, if you're lucky <laughs> you have a car yeah um it, that's a really um pivotal part of success and I think actually the first time I really thought oh, I'm failing it was when I broke up with a, a long-time boyfriend just before I turned 30 and I thought oh no this is yeah like now. this is it yeah. I am left behind I'm on the shelf I'm on the shelf and um earning loads of money and blah blah blah
0: yeah but that's okay isn't it because then you just think okay well that's who I am I'm a career woman I'm just not a family woman (laughs) did you have that like moment of like it's either or
1: I do you know what I did I think I seek I probably harbored wanting to get married from about the age of 12 and and let me be clear on this: I don't want a wedding day or a dress or a ring. I'm not into that stuff. I just wanted to have kids and have a family, which probably Aww. says more about the background I came from rather than <laughs> like the wedding. You, dress, so you, wedding magazines, but- I'm like, heart, oh, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah no I was the same but you felt that you to to have the whole family thing it was important to you f- to be married and
1: be like a, a sort of solid unit I wanted my own unit I wanted my own squad yeah for sure yeah. I've definitely mm. always had that biological pool um for children a hundred percent um and then I but I guess I'm also quite ambitious uh probably more than I realise. And I remember changing jobs and thinking that I was doing really well and they didn't promote me. So I left <laughs> because I was like, well, that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> and Hope, hoping that they'd chase you out of the door. You're like, no, this is it. I'm really going. And I, like, I remember okay, leaving bye. and, and
1: getting, getting the job promotion as part of the new job with a seven grand pay rise, which if you work in... Um, pay- pr or any kind of like agency marketing advertising you know what it's hmm. like there's so many different job levels you can start off yeah. with like intern account assistant account exec junior, account, exec, <laughs> yeah. junior account manager account manager, senior account manager like it's just <laughs> on and on and on but really yeah. until you hit sort of senior account manager account director level generally what's the industry you're not getting the big bucks you're literally like clawing so when i got yeah. the seven grand pay rise with the job promotion they were like. Uh, any chance you'll stay (laughs) um and then I left to join a company that was seen externally as being very successful and they paid their staff a lot of money but I would say it was agency
0: again another agency yeah it was like the
1: golden handcuffs you know they worked Mm. you hard, they paid you hard but they worked you hard and you got you knew that if you left you wouldn't get the same money elsewhere yeah so I left and worked for myself (laughs) um and I think probably I set myself the task of hitting six figures in the first year which I did so then I thought did
0: that did that mean you were successful because you hit six figures I
1: thought I was and then it probably and then I started to grow an agency and grow a team and then I realized that I was basically doing what I was doing in agency land which is working my butt off and kind Of just taking stuff yeah. and not really caring what the client was <laughs> as long as it was covering my staff feet, like my staff salaries. Mm. And I was like, This is not what I did it for. So, on paper, I had a team of eight and an office in Shoreditch in East London, and I had a good, you know, a good turnover. The profit margins were going up year on year, mm. uh, but I sort of hated it. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, which is a really funny thing, isn't it? Because yeah, I mean you saying that makes me thinking about super my own agency and we're so like I guess I just feel really lucky that we've we've we're not at that point and we have been at the point where we're like we we should take this client on but now I would say we actually turn down more clients than we actually take on which has just made me realize how how lucky we are what a great position that is to be in isn't it
1: I think you're lucky though because you're your starting uh, retainer fee is a lot higher than I was taking. Yeah, right, yeah. when you start taking on, because I I had this whole thing of I want to serve and I want to support small businesses. And there'd be these companies that were struggling to pay a grand a month, but I thought they were brilliant, so I'd take them on. But the problem is, is that when you take 10 of those on, that's not a lot of fee to pay the amount of it needs to facilitate that. Uh, So it just, it wasn't a successful model and actually since I've pivoted it it's kind of weird because I then moved on to raising my profile on social media and some people kind of don't know that I've got this agency background they I think they just sort of think I came out of I came out of working for somebody else and now I'm an expert um that I don't have that agency bit behind me and um so it's kind of interesting now seeing other people who are maybe influencers in areas of expertise trying to be successful, mm. and I think there's a lot of freelancers who are sort of trying to become influencers, if you like. And oh, it's influencers. That's actually a term that. that I got from Sarah at so she must be credited oh, with that. I Love it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this. There's this whole thing now. Um, me and her were chatting once, and I was saying you know, Elon Musk is in a room at the Golden Globes and everyone's queuing up to chat to him rather than Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But his personal branding is quite questionable. He's quite Marmite.
0: Oh, yeah, he's completely Marmite. He's an absolute bloody liability.
1: I'm, <laughs> like, I'm so glad I don't do PR for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, and any business that relies on one man that can go on TV smoking a joint and his stock... Falls off a cliff in the way it did (laughs) is a bloody liability. Like he's just lucky that he's got such an amazing product, and the future, the future is essentially Tesla, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. Agreed. (laughs) So, yeah, I think, you know, what is successful has changed, and it sounds a bit cliche, but probably after I had children, that definitely changed. And I think when I left agency land and set up my own business, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I'm inside the matrix. Why (laughs) did I work for other people for so long? That was ridiculous. And it it was never, I was never taught how to set up a business. I was never taught about PAYE, about VAT, about any of that stuff that I think would be really helpful to make people successful in life. I don't think we're teaching those skills in terms of like managing your life from the mm. material and money side of
0: things. Yeah, we're talking like the, the hashtag hustle, hashtag entrepreneur thing oh. without the hashtag fucking boring stuff, aren't we? <laughs> like so boring, but so necessary.
1: And I think ultimately my barometer of success now has probably changed to am I happy? Which sounds yeah. a bit happy a bit woo woo. But, you know let's just take take serial entrepreneurs, right? Who are billionaires or or millionaires and they're building their companies and selling it, they don't then just sit and enjoy that money. They're addicted to working. So then they take they they take on the next one and then sell that. And you know, we're sort of in this mentality of like work, 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 and then make sure you've got enough money to retire on. And I just think um there's got to be somewhere in the middle of that, yeah.
0: And it's. In, I think it's interesting though. If you so, if you think when you were say when you left the job where you where you went off and um started your agency, mm. if someone had said, to, how how long ago was that? Like five, six years ago?
1: Yeah, five, yeah. five and a half.
0: So if someone said to you, okay, in six years' time, you're gonna have um you'll be married, two young kids, you'll have like a best selling book out, um, you'll be like teaching people, you and Adriana will be teaching people how to um do their own PR and design, and you'll have this business where you've got complete freedom and it kind of revolves around the kids and that kind of thing. Would you have considered that successful then? What would you what would you have thought then <laughs> if
1: you knew? where you'd be now. I wouldn't have believed it. P.S. I'm not married. I live in sin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, you know I, mean. I mean, essentially, you know, essentially married. Really no getting when, away from him. It sounds naff when you go, it, he's my boyfriend. I just asked my boyfriend. He's my boyfriend. He's my baby father. You know, oh, I hate it. So I do quite often refer to him as my husband, but I'm like, oh, it's really archaic. It's not like my dad Gave me, gave my hand away to him. Oh,
0: do you know what? I really, we went off to um, New York and got married because I just really struggled with that whole thing. I was like... I don't I don't know how I feel about it. and like on my marriage certificate I've t- I have I'm Jackson I've taken Steve's surname but I and I changed it on Facebook and had this huge freak out I was just like I can't do it just something inside and it's not my god like I love him so much it's nothing to do with that it's just yeah, this real kind of feeling around it, like it's expected, or yeah, it's yeah. a funny. But but on the same token, I'll often say about Steve, I'll say like he's my partner, and stuff. he's like I'm your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I I really struggle with it the other way. It makes me feel like an old woman.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I, my name is also so like lots of people call me Wern. Like that was why it was the Wern because when yeah. I start my company, I didn't think it was going to be what it was. I just thought. I, you know, when you incorporate your company or company's house, I was like, Oh, my well, Wern Limited, I'll just get the Wern <laughs> Lucy was taken, and I thought, oh, I'll just be the Werner.com. I didn't really know what it was going to grow into. And I've faced some kind of criticism against the name, but Adrian's always like, Yeah, but it's great because it's really good on SEO and nobody else has it and it stands out. Why have you faced
0: criticism? Brand. Why criticism?
1: <laughs> I used to work with a guy who was like, Why the Wern? Why it sounds like worm? Like why? Oh, yeah, why, well, yeah. why worm? Why the worm? <laughs> um, yes, it is what people it is.
0: People so weird, don't they?
1: It is, so a, it is a bit of a bugger when you're trying to explain your email address to people. Going, it's the worm. W e the worm. <laughs> w for yeah. Word and then even. and then between me and the fact that it's adrian chatelet but it's a silent h because it's french and a silent but you know it just it's a it's just a logistical i mean that's tricky yeah
0: adrian adrian's kind of up against it isn't it but the word i think makes perfect sense <laughs> So, so we're five, five and a half, six years on from agency world, Mm. you're where you are now with this book, which is just like, I mean, I feel like I'm responsible for about 90% of the purchases because it's just, I actually did a post
1: this morning about success in the book and sales, which was partly inspired by Sapphire from the Coven yesterday, talking about success. Yeah. Um, And. Before I launched my book, I wanted to become an Amazon bestseller. I wanted to get bestseller status. You've got your badge on there because yes. when people are searching for books, if you have hit bestseller status, it helps with organic reach. Mm. And I did that within three hours of launch day without doing any discounting or anything. So I was Amazing. like, ah, okay. And on the same day that my book launched, The Squiggly Career launched, mm. but they have a podcast and the two of them, they've got a much bigger audience than me and they hammered their pre-sales. So mm. by the end of that month, they were number one in the Sunday Times business bestseller list. Wow. And I was like, ow, oh, I, would, I would like to be in that list.
0: But <laughs> I want to be them. Even
1: to get position 10 in that list, you'd have to have sold 2,000 in a month. And I sold 1,000 in my first month. which is is
0: still amazing to say it's like an independent publisher isn't it and and you started off with you know your audience has grown hasn't it you didn't start off with a massive audience
1: no so when I started writing the book I realized I needed to grow my audience as I was writing the book and actually this is this is before I knew about people like you and Facebook ads I was like I'm going don't have any money I'm going all organic whole hog um so by the time so I'm at I probably now, between all of my channels, I've got between sort of twelve to 15,000 people. Yeah. And I, I probably started off with maybe 3,000, 4,000 people across different channels. Yeah, um, which but, is, so
0: to sell a 1,000 books in the first month is, like, significant, particularly when you had, like, you had loads of personal family stuff going on then, didn't you, with the kids and stuff?
1: Yeah, so I... <laughs> There's a lot that happened actually, but um yeah. uh, so actually my, my dad got diagnosed with cancer whilst I was writing the book. So that mm-hmm. he was my first curveball, and it was always the day. So I used to set aside a day to write, and it'd always be the day that I'd set aside to write that he'd have like a, a an appointment or a scan or a check. So it was all, it was even like writing it with that going on
0: yeah. um,
1: was quite hard. Then I'd submitted my first draft before ahead of um my second child being born and whilst my the feedback came through and I had sort of two weeks to essentially like rewrite the first proof of all the changes that came in my mum had a brain aneurysm so I literally was like I, t- I had my a4 lever arch file, like my print out of my book and I was sat like waiting for her to come out of neurosurgery heavily pregnant Um, with my with my book trying to get it finished because in my head I was like I need this all done before the baby comes because I want to relax and then Mm -hmm. when the baby came he was born with three congenial heart issues so there was no there was no relaxing no and then he we we were in and out of hospitals for that first six months And then just before the month before the book was due to launch, I found out he'd be booked in again. So I did the book launch on January the 9th. And then we went in for open heart surgery again on January the 15th. And I had to cancel everything that I'd got Mm. planned for the whole of the launch month. So um, actually, it's sort of a big credit to Sarah Krasombe again from Naval Business School. She did a huge shout out on her stories about what was happening with me and Adrienne at that time. Mm. And I think that basically that those shout outs that she did for me um on average, I was doing sort of a a kind of a, in between sort of fifty to a hundred books and the week that she pushed it. I sold hundred and thirty one books
0: amazing, yeah, fantastic it makes but the but that's you know when you support people, they support you back, don't they that's yeah. that's a great testament to. way that you kind of work in your community and support other people I think isn't it people don't do stuff like that just for
1: fun no no um so
0: that that's I mean that's a massive challenge isn't it to have worked how long were you working on the book for
1: so it all in all it I did a book proposal challenge last January with um Alison Jones who runs my publishing label Practical Inspiration and I won a book deal off the back of that challenge and then so that was ha- that finished at the end of January I got it finished I basically wrote it within five months Wow! and then it was sort of six months marketing and actually it's still being marketed now and I think the bit that I stupidly because I work in PR and launching products I kind of <laughs> thought well gear up for that launch month and then I'm done but actually (laughs) it's it's such an ongoing thing it goes on yeah and I posted about it today because actually the book world is so cloak and daggers if you try and find out sales figures and you're not within the book industry it's nigh on impossible there's um a tool called Nielsen book scan where you can actually find out what any book has sold ever oh wow and generally business books aren't selling hordes of numbers at all I, my publisher said to me, you know, if you do 5,000 over three years, that's sort of good. But then I saw like Squiggly Careers had done 5,000 in a month. Um, I also then had a commissioning editor of a bigger publishing company contact me to ask me if my contract was exclusive. And so basically trying to poach me. And he was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not asking because it looks like you're doing well, but <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're obviously are. pal, it's fine. Um, so obviously in his eyes, I'd had a successful launch. He told me that I should be trying to get 10,000 sales in my first year to be considered a successful book. My publisher were like, we've never sold a thousand in the first month before. That's success to us. So I think it just depends. He was also pinning it on international sales and their their big kind of global sales team getting into wholesale and piece it, places like Urban Outfit. Exactly. There's more lifestyle stores, which my independent yeah. publisher doesn't have the contacts with. But mm. equally, I get a bigger chunk of the commission with my indie publisher than I would with a major publisher who may or may not have given you that support depending on how it does. So yeah.
0: But he's but he's basing that on on their setup, isn't he? He's yeah. not basing that on, you know, your independent publisher with the resource that they have. It sounds like, I mean, ten thousand. If they're saying five thousand over three years is really good, and he's saying ten thousand over a year, there's there's a massive difference there.
1: Isn't yeah, yeah. There? <laughs> and I also think it's um. There's also this sort of thing. There's just what Nielsen records. So. For Nielsen to track your figures, you have to sell through a point of sale in a retailer or through Amazon. Mm. So I have done corporate sales as well, where I've sold directly into business schools or universities. But because it doesn't go through a point of sale, that doesn't get counted in my sales figures.
0: But then I guess this comes back to the question of like what is success as well, doesn't yeah. it? Because if you're sending 20 books out to a business school, that's uh-huh. 20 people that have read your book, heard about you, come to follow you, would potentially either book you for like consultancy or come to your workshops or take your course. So, yes, you haven't got them on the the kind of chart and they're not registered with Nielsen, but have you had more impact by sending those books out, it, it kind of it's a tricky one, isn't it? It comes back yeah. to what is what matters and what is yeah. what is success to you.
1: And I, after I moved the goalpost, you know, after I, I did do the success of getting the Amazon number one, that's what I wanted to do, and then I moved the goalpost to sort of Sunday Times business bestseller. But actually, if I wanted to do that, I should have had a whole different selling strategy. I deliberately didn't push my pre-sales because I wanted to flood Amazon on the day of launch. Yeah, whereas actually. I could have just been working on my pre-sales for months to have got that sort of hit of sales in the first week. Um, But, you know, I did. You live and learn. And I also did. You do live and learn, yeah. If I have got Sunday Times business bestseller on my book, would it sell more? I don't know.
0: I don't think so. And I think, um, I think people are, well, I don't know. I was going to say people are pretty wise to like the tricks and stuff now, aren't they? But I don't know if they are. I I know someone who um, worked with a coach who um, put them in like this free book. It was like a free book of stories or something like female entrepreneurs put it onto um, Amazon as this like free book free download so everyone downloaded it and then and then they were saying that they were like amazon number one top sellers we've beaten like it was like richard branson's business book or something like that but it's you know obviously it's a free download like who's not gonna who's not gonna download something that's for free so i think there's so many um tricks aren't there and i guess it all comes down to marketing if you can say I'm an Amazon, you know, on your landing page when you're selling your course that you're an Amazon um, bestseller or number number one best selling author. I suppose people think that goes a long way, but actually, there's there's no real book behind it, is there? Whereas you've got the book, you've got the teaching, you've changed. Like we we read your book as a team. I bought one for the whole team. We implemented the comms plan, and it it's made a massive massive difference to the business, <laughs> as you know i've like stalked you ever since
1: (laughs) i know i mean if we're looking at success i wouldn't (laughs) be here today with you without the book so i think it was funny i I posted about the book today and then afterwards i read somebody else posting and talking about the current situation um if you're listening to this in future time we're obviously still in the middle of lockdown (laughs) and pandemic just for reference um (laughs) And I suddenly did up. PS, there are obviously much bigger issues in the world right now than my book sales. And actually, when I, you know, when I go through all the personal stuff that I did to get to get here, that book also kind of saved me. It saved yeah. my mental health. It gave me something to focus on. I haven't had a kind of. I mean, I ha- <laughs> I was going to say I haven't had a crash and burn after all of the things that have happened. That's not strictly true. I'm definitely still having a lot of therapy and focusing on making sure I'm working through all of that stuff because there's so much that's wrapped up in there. Of course there is. Um, so I'm focusing on obviously making sure I'm working through all of those the personal things that happened. Mm. And in, on one side, I'm like, the book saved me, it kept me going. And on the other side, I think, hey, you did that book. You la- You wrote and launched a book that didn't flop, which is good but you did it with all of that going on
0: exactly exactly and how how do you balance that like looking at the the air quote success you know this huge word that we're kind of questioning how do you balance that with like how 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 are you easy on yourself about that in terms of if the book didn't quite do what you wanted it to which i'm i'm sure it did it sounded like it did really well but you had all these huge plans for it that you weren't able to to follow through on at that time because your child was severely ill and still is and needs a lot of care and a lot of time and stuff how are you like how do you balance that out in terms of your ambition and you know all the rest of it
1: I think actually what I've learned is that ambition isn't stunted by the external circumstances like you can mm. kind of use those as an excuse if you like but I don't feel like I'm in a rush to hit all these things no you know, I've got a year and a half before my eldest starts primary school and so me and Adriana are like okay we've got 18 months what can we do we've made the yeah. least amount of money in the last year than I've done in five years of business but we've got two children, we've made our mortgage payments, we own a house, we have a garden, we have a car, like objectively, those are very privileged things to have in central London, you know, so let's get a bit of perspective on that, yeah, okay, I'm not not sort of spending money on luxury holidays, or there's not a lot spare for clothes, or for buying, you know, nice birthday presents for people, and stuff like that, but They're kind of that material angle. You know, there's things like one of my friends the other day, I think she was trying to be nice, but she, you know, when it's a backhanded compliment. She's like, oh, we were chatting about you in the pub. This is obviously pre-lockdown. And um, we were saying we were going to phone Nick Knowles at D-O-Y-S-O-S to fix your house. (laughs) And, um, you know, there's a family that lived in my house for 38 years before us. And so there's some there's some interesting interior looks and um there's you know the stuff that needs to be done our, our kitchen floor's sinking we had to put a new boiler in oh, that wow. had to move so we've got an exposed bit of kind of crumbling wall um you know floors cracking the bathroom is pretty gopping by anybody's <laughs> but um, you own it like that's your I, house I and there's I not many think-
0: people in london that particularly self-employed like that's tough to get a mortgage when yeah. you're self-employed
1: yeah, we wouldn't do it now Adrian had a job that's why i had the oh, deposit okay. yeah. i yeah. had the deposit because i'm the saver um and and he had the job so it was that was together it was we made it happen but now he obviously works for me so he earns nothing <laughs> 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 not paid to that he, he um <laughs> yeah so yeah basically i think it's kind of like you know if you're looking at keeping up with james's my house has definitely probably got the worst interior on the street and we're probably the only one that hasn't gentrified with our side return and rooftop extension (laughs) and we probably won't be able to do that for a while but we have family in france and we're what this situation has taught us is that we can easily work remotely Um, yeah because we don't actually need to see anybody it hasn't what what the pandemic has taught us which we kind of already knew is we actually can work from anywhere
0: and Adrian
1: is from the south of France so we're thinking "Hmm, it could be time for us to if travel is relaxed to go and spend a bit of time over there with his family you know they've not even met the baby because we haven't We just got signed off to fly and booked our first holiday when all of this happened. But again, I'm like, there are bigger problems to have. We'll we'll get out there and they'll meet him and maybe it'll be even better because we can kind of maybe sublet our place and do a couple of months out there or something.
0: Yeah, right, yeah.
1: Even these things might not even happen, but what a luxury to be able to even talk about that sort of stuff.
0: I think that's, and that is what the lockdown's taught us, hasn't it? That we, I thought the other day, like, I don't have that feeling of... Oh, I should. I should be doing this. Like I should be. Um, you know, I'm in London next week. Then I'm here. Then I'm here. And I should be doing this. I should be doing that. It's really taught us that you just don't know what's around the corner, do you? No, you don't. And like you can't really prepare for anything, and you just have to kind of roll with the punches, I guess, don't you?
1: Yeah, and I think it's also I've realised that I'm not very good actually at um, leaning on people. I'm good at saying yeah I'm not okay but I'm not good at specifically saying can you help me with this yeah um I'm just sort of good at kind of phoning up and maybe having a cry and I've been bombarded with people saying let me know what you need let me know what you want when they when we've kind of when the shit's hit the fan with Bo or you know at that time Both my parents are out of action. Adrienne's family are in France. You know, we were fairly kind of alone in inverted commas. Mm. And it did make us question where we want to live and if that was successful. And we have a lot of friends. But we didn't have... I think I've fallen into that trap of I'd see my friends quite a lot without the kids because I wanted to nurture those relationships. And actually, what I'd inadvertently done is not given my kids relationships, well, with the toddler, so the baby had only just been born... He didn't have those sort of relationships with my friends, so I didn't feel like I could just leave him with them for a couple of days. Yeah, because I didn't want to traumatise him. I'd been so focused on having that family unit that I kept it just us, um, and so that's not like a failure. I just think success is an evolving journey, and what yeah. you what you see as success pivots all the time. And I also just think you know, I'm a white middle-class girl. There's an yeah. a, there's already an element of privilege and success that's given to me that's just handed down to me intrinsically from what I'm taught is possible yeah. right from the day, day dot.
0: Even like, the fact that we can, like, question if we're successful or not and, suc- you know, what success means to us, I guess. When we're saying, like, okay, baseline is, like, roof over our heads, family, friends you know food on the table kind of thing mm. um and anything above that is successful to us whereas I guess to a lot of people though those basic kind of needs being met is success isn't it
1: yeah so I think there's also you know it's taking that step back to just appreciate I could say oh, my book's not that successful yet yeah, but I was actually able to write a book I got a book deal you know <laughs> It's yeah, uh, and it's, it's put you way. in front
0: of hundreds of people, like thousands of people, hasn't it? Well, th- yeah, thousands, like twelve 000 to fifteen thousand people, uh, regularly guesting on podcasts, like regular, you know, teaching for all these different digital platforms that you do at the moment. You've got yeah. courses out there. You're like coaching for all different people. I think that's pretty damn successful, isn't it? And the fact that you're saying money-wise this has been I often find that you have that period of what you're doing now is like sowing the seeds isn't it that you'll reap in years to come and it's I've been working a
1: lot on on you know that cliche of I've been working on my on my business rather than in and I actually was like gosh you know what I could this could be a 24-7 job just promoting it all the time but yeah it is sowing the seeds to to build the next chapter and I guess you know what I think the one thing that this situation has taught us as well this this general situation which I kind of knew from both anyway but the biz- the biggest success you can have is having a healthy mind and a healthy yeah. body and that is something I think people do take for yeah. granted um you know people have babies all the time and, and some of them are born absolutely he- healthily and the biggest problem is not being able to sleep in the night. And sleep deprivation, don't get me wrong, can be very tiring on your mental health. But I think I just had no comprehension of what it's like to not take your baby home from hospital. Yeah.
0: Oh, um, my God.
1: I can't, I've can't. i got
0: goosebumps. And, I you know, there's, sort of, there's images
1: in my mind that I'll never yeah. forget. Um, like they kind of intubate, intubated him and put him in a glass box to transfer him to Great Ormond Street from my local hospital and I remember him being wheeled through that hospital and I'd had a c-section so I was limping behind and it was the looks of everybody looking at me that was what got me and
0: as in what that day what, when we what did me, you take those looks to like, be oh.
1: like sympathy was, it, was pity. Yeah. it was sympathy and pity it was people pitying but, but
0: genuine sympathy like horrendous genuine, yeah, absolutely, yeah, genuine. Yeah.
1: yeah and um but when other people, it's, it's like talking to you now, right? When you're highlighting what I've done that's good, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's good. When someone's looking at you and going, that's bad, you're like, oh, yeah. this is this yeah. is bad. Um. So taking Bo home from Great Ormond Street 28 days later was, you know, the biggest success I think I could have ever dreamed to have had because... It didn't
0: happen. Do you know what this is this really really highlights to me? I've been like we're all we're all so in our own heads aren't we I've been talking a lot on Instagram this week about how you know a lot of mums during lockdown are kind of making these flippant jokes about like lucky women without children I hope they realize how lucky they are and I know some like awful stories I'm you know I'm going through it myself there's a lot of people going through like treatment on hold and you know that kind of thing Mm. and it's like To me, I'm like, oh, like you don't understand. And then you hear stories like that and you think, how can I even think? Oh, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's like, to me, I think it's really hard not having kids. And then you hear stories like that and you're like, you've just got no idea, have you? What it's like even to have kids, but then to have kids plus you know those that that trauma that you go through it must just be absolutely horrific
1: but in you know on equal side I have a friend who it is having treatment and has been having problems like struggling to conceive and I found it really difficult to even see them because I felt guilty about crying about my situation because I actually have a It's so complex. So it's the flip side as well that you feel like you don't want to complain about it. It's so complex. You you want to feel lucky about what you've got. So, yeah, this is, it's, it's, you know, there's a whole can of worms that could be opened about anything I've just said today, which I'm probably a bit mindful of. So, obviously, it's, you know, everybody's circumstances is relative. You know, what's difficult for me and what's successful to me is different to everybody globally Um, and it's
0: also in context of like our own successes are in context of where we are in our life and where we are with our family like for me I'm my business is brilliant at the moment but I'm very aware of the fact that I can I mean if I wanted to I could work twenty four seven. I could work you know every weekend I don't have a kid I'm getting on coaching calls with people or calls in the hub and stuff and they're like oh sorry kids and I'm like Oh, come on like this is important you know but you you kind of don't i don't have i don't have to consider that so while i would desperately desperately love children and i really hope it's it's going to happen and you know time's ticking and all the rest of it i i'm also acutely aware of how i wouldn't have achieved what i've achieved if or i might not have achieved what
1: i've achieved if i did have kids yeah it's so complex totally And I think if I hadn't have had my children, my business would be in a very different place and maybe my team would be even bigger and my turnover would be higher, but maybe I wouldn't have been as happy. And actually, I think that everything in a weird way has turned out the way it's meant to be. And Adrienne, for those journey i keep talking about oh, <laughs> um, he's that. obviously <laughs> father of my children but also runs the creative side of my biz had a heart defect and he was one of the first babies that a there's a doctor called dr lecomte and it's, a, it's called lecomte maneuver which is where they switch um the vessels on your heart essentially there's a lot more complicated yeah. than that but essentially it was like the Wong Ray round and he, and he did this technique that puts it the right way around and adrian was like one of the first babies that they trialed that on wow. and if you ever meet him he's got such a lust for life and he takes every, he lives every day like it's his last day he dresses so oh, colorfully he does. that like today he was wearing double gray and i was like are you okay? Are you okay? Like for me, that's not a successful day for <laughs> oh. him. Because I'm like, are you sad? Because it's not, when you're not colourful, oh. I'm sad because I feel like you're sad. I love that. Um, just
0: sorry to interrupt, but on a side note, I did his amazing Instagram course, which everyone should get on. It's like so brilliant. <laughs> and it just made me so happy. Like just the way he describes stuff and and the, the chemistry between the two of you. It was just, it was such a brilliant course. I absolutely love <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: loved it. But he's it's just he's so thank you. He um yeah, he's got he has got a kind of French romantic colour, colourful yeah. approach to life, and that's because of what had happened to him. And so my hope is that Bo, um, my baby will take on that that mantle and also have that lust for life and by proxy me and my toddler from being around these sort of two case studies um you know Bo's actually gonna is already included in a European heart journal so he's already had his first piece of press coverage before he was even (laughs) before he's even six months old mate I was like I'm so proud of you also it's pretty hard to get into a European heart journal you you can't even trade press um so he is now held up because he's his condition is so rare that they've never fixed it before there's no example of it yeah, you know, when it was diagnosed at Homerton, we were so lucky that we had a successful doctor who had just done some cardiology training so he could do the heart scan called the echo to find the issue that he found if he hadn't found that issue they nearly sent us home oh if, he, if he hadn't found that issue and we got to Great Ormond Street the next day we wouldn't be here we should have had a scan my first child I had a scan we should have had a scan with my second kid and we didn't so I'm just like it's there's other people's it's the success of the midwife who did the 24-hour check and found it um it's the success of that doctor who who diagnosed it even though he'd never ever seen a case of it other than in a textbook that's incredible and the only other case in that hospital was 10 years ago of one of the issues he had of, of the four so i just think i've it's got a miracle, in baby. my in my yeah in my unit of four i've got two miracles mm. so that is medical success right Well, there.
0: and, and um, also it's like like you saying we're right where where we should be. Like you can only be here, can't you? And what an incredible – like you must be so grateful every day that you were in I that am. place at that time where that, that doctor recognised that and now you have this amazing – and uh, God, you know, I know you have like sleepless nights and you're still back and forth from hospital every. Oh, yeah, every but so you often, know, but... I don't
1: care – I honestly, okay, like sometimes my friends who had like babies at the same time I'd be like, oh, he's not sleeping. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I just, I'm so happy to have that yeah. as my problem. Yeah. I'm so, so happy to have it that he's a bit funny about being weaned. I'm so happy that he's late at crawling compared to everybody else. I'm just, yeah, he's yeah. here and that was a miracle, so- really. And even Adrian being here is a miracle. So I'm kind of like, right, you know got to embrace that
0: so maybe the most important thing is that we recognize success in the context of our life at that time and that we recognize that we are right where we're meant to be and that can only be successful can't it and if we if we can't recognize that as success what what can we do to to change that
1: yeah And I think, you know, this is what we keep sort of referring back to with this sort of pandemic situation. We never know what's around the corner. It's not just setting ourselves up for success today. It's setting ourselves up so we can carry on being successful when challenging times are there and make sure that we've got that, you know, if we can, that we're trying to put a bit of money away or have something for that rainy day because, You don't know when the rainy day is going to come. No, Um, you don't. And you need to be able, I think people who are successful are people who are very resilient Mm. and who are able to adapt quickly because when something, you know, when the shit hits the fan, you need to be able to pick yourself up and get through that. Yeah. Oh,
0: well, that was a bit of a therapy session, wasn't it?
1: was an emotional one today (laughs) kind of sad that I'm not sat with you and can't Uh, yeah
0: same I feel like I probably need to put a few trigger warnings on this didn't I don't I I think people think they're tuning into like some marketing chat and but that was um I I do feel quite emotional like thank you for for sharing all that I, I I I really I got such a strong pang then of like no this is going to come out the wrong way i was going to say like how dare i be like like i'll own it i am sometimes i'm so resentful when i see people on instagram like oh look at my beautiful children i'm like oh you're so smug you know i'm so resentful because i approach it from like sometimes when my friend i'm so ashamed to say this but my friends make like pregnancy announcements and my first gut feeling is like not resentment that's too strong a word but it's like this this real kind of biological like yeah just sadness sadness although I'm absolutely delighted for them them. yeah
1: yeah but then hearing
0: stories like yours and seeing the the reality behind it I just think god who do I think I am you know you don't you just don't know the half of it do you not
1: you me (laughs) but I think it's just it's all everything's all relative you know and that's i think that's why the topic of success is so triggering yeah. because one person can say well i've got financial success and to another person or they haven't got financial success and to somebody else that could be what they can yeah they can uh, yeah exactly
0: of. i keep having that that kind of um moment during lockdown where i'm like how are things and people are like oh not good like oh we're you know we're doing really well and they're like yeah but what about all the people like people are ill and I think oh god yeah sorry I'm just talking about business you know I put a post on Instagram this morning which was something that someone said to me years and years ago and I just think it sums up life and it really kind of ties into this and it's what do you want to achieve and what are you prepared to do to get it and I think it's just such a leveler of of success really isn't it like right now what do I want to achieve and what am I prepared to do to get it and I think when you've got a situation like yours there's only a certain amount of stuff you're prepared to do to get success aren't you because your main priority is the kids and you know home and like keeping everyone happy and safe and healthy Mm. and covering the mortgage that's success isn't it
1: I mean and it's funny when you go back to the perspective thing when people will be like you're smashing it like people yeah. say stuff like that to me and I'm like oh. you know they don't see like you know when we were suddenly in hospital we hadn't, we banked to Adrian to take two months off paternity we didn't bank to be in hospital yeah. for a month we just launched his arm of the business there was no income there was no money we didn't we I, the only reason we covered the mortgage that month was because I got a writing job So actually I was writing nine blog posts that I was paid for and that's how we paid the bills. But externally we weren't going, oh, can someone please, please book us for a design job? That's why we did the design course. Uh, uh, And that's that's it as
0: well, isn't it? It's like, I mean, I could literally talk to you about this stuff all day, but it's like in this world of, you know, it I have this conversation a lot where people are like, I can't be honest about this stuff because I have to present this like um, you know, it's like the swan, isn't it? I have to present the top part of the swan that's like successful and shiny and gliding along when when yeah. the reality is, you know, that that nothing's ever like that, is it? Ever.
1: No. And it's funny if you if you follow me closely, people know either I disappear yeah. when I'm really yeah. struggling because I just can't even face it, or I go the opposite end and I'm giving more tips and advice than I've ever done because I kind of believe if I give out into the you universe, it it's going to yeah. I'm going to get it back.
0: Well, you're certainly um, you certainly do that. Like for everyone, if anyone doesn't follow Lucy on Instagram at the Wern. Not the worm.
1: No, it's not. It's oh, worm sorry, chat. worm, chat worm. Oh God, even I got it wrong. <laughs> Don't worry, Pat. It's because basically it used to be the worm, and then when before I was like the worm, the business. Then I went to Lucy word and then I set up the business and tried to get the worm back. And some like child oh, has no, got that's it, um, and he doesn't use it. It's so annoying. So no, I'm, like, I like worm It is worm, chat. worm
0: chat. You're right. I'm going to link to it all in the show notes anyway. Lucy, I feel like we'd better wrap it up, although I could definitely talk to you about this stuff all day. I feel like we might might both end up like gibbering Rex, drinking gin and, and smoking or something.
1: Hey, you're not drinking gin now? It's only ten. it's fine.
0: <laughs> it's past nine o'clock. Lucy, thank you so much. Thank you for um, being vulnerable. I know this is norm like not your normal thing and you would normally kind of give out PR tips and that kind of thing, but it's been... Wonderful chatting to you behind the scenes and understanding what's going on there, because I think without without knowing that we can't when we're comparing ourselves to people who are just showing that shiny exterior, I think it can be really damaging, can't it?
1: Yeah, so thank totally. you
0: so much for your time today. I'm going to put all your links in the show notes and everything so people can come and find you if they haven't before. Um, and I hope you have a lovely day. Send all my love to your wonderful family.
1: Thank you, darling. Thanks for having
0: me. Have a lovely day. Speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, thanks for that, Lucy. That was um, not where what I expected or where I expected it to go. I did uh, leave a trigger warning at the beginning of that, so I really hope you all caught that and that you didn't kind of wander into unknown territory there with the the baby chat. Um, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Lucy, for joining me and taking the time and really kind of being vulnerable and opening up there. I know that stuff's tough to talk about, but really, really important because I honestly feel like we're all comparing ourselves to these people that don't even exist and when we dig down and realise what's really going on in people's lives that's the real story and that's what kind of starts to make sense for us isn't it so thank you everyone for joining me Um, I hope you weren't tuning in for like PR tips (laughs) and marketing chat Uh, yeah thanks for joining me if you enjoyed it please remember to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you listen to it and if you enjoyed it please do leave a review it really really helps people find us have a great week and I will see you back here again next week (laughs) Na 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 na.